everyone. Good morning. Welcome, welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. It is, uh, it is the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. You are welcome here today. We're going to start with a song called All Are Welcome. Uh, just a note that Sheila, Sheila Weidendorf, our keyboardist, organist extraordinaire, is gone this weekend to Colorado playing, excuse me, playing a concert down there. So we'll welcome her back uh, next week but give her some time to go out and play other creative things. We're so glad that you are here online or in person. It is a, a lovely day, a song by Hans Peterson and Larry Olson. Um, all are welcome, all are welcome. friend and stranger at the banquet of the Savior. All are welcome, all are welcome here. From the woman who comes crying, leaving tears at Jesus' feet, to the man who knows the right way but cannot see. All are welcome friend and stranger at the banquet of the Savior. All are welcome, all are welcome here. From the ones who feel forgotten, those who sense their place is gone, to the ones who live in hunger, here you belong. You're welcome to sing along. All are welcome, friend and stranger, at the banquet of the Savior. All are welcome, all are welcome here. Go into the streets and cities, to the farms and families. Tell about the splendid table, God's mercy. morning. Good morning. Thank you, uh, Ron and Carl, for reminding us that all are welcome. All are welcome in uh, this place, in God's place. Thank you for being here this morning. Beautiful summer day out there, and it's good for us uh, to be together. Um, a welcome to those who are visiting with us online. We know there are many visiting across the country online. We welcome you uh, across the island, across the country, and those who are sick at home. We've heard from a few of you, too, who wanted to be with us this morning, so we wish, wish you the very best. Uh, the order of service is printed before you in the bulletin, and in our opening uh, song, which is a call and response, Come Let Us Worship God, we're singing the white part, it will be projected for you, but you'll see the white part is going to be ours. The call will come from Carl. We will be the response. You've done this before, but sometimes I forget the color coding. So, if it's comfortable for you, I would invite you to stand. 
gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn, Come, Let Us Worship God. Continue with our responsive reading, our litany for this morning, projected for you as well. We come to worship God, to sing songs of hope, to alleviate our loneliness, to garner the courage to love. We come to worship God. Young, old, rich, poor, male and female, all are welcome here. You are welcome here. You are welcome here. Then put your hand in the hand of Jesus, the one who stilled the water can help us to change the world. Thanks be to God. I'm going to pick it up a little bit now. Our hymn of praise. Put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water.
Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may we reflect your grace and your love in our worship and in our lives. Send your Holy Spirit that we may be set free from fear, isolation, and discouragement to live together and in harmony with all people. In Jesus' name we pray. Please be seated. Good morning. The gospel is from the 10th chapter of Luke. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. I'm sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Pam. So as uh, Ron reminded me this morning, some, it's uh, my grandson just singing with me. Um, um, some 23-year-old guy wrote this song, or something like 23 anyway, years ago. Um, sing it for you this morning.
side. Oh, when times get rough and friends just can't be found like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down like a bridge over troubled water. I will lay me down When you're down and out When you're on the street when evening falls so hard, I will comfort you. I'll take your part. Oh, when darkness comes and pain is all around, like a bridge over troubled water I will lay me down Like a bridge over troubled water I will lay me Sail on, silver girl, sail on by. Your time has come to shine. All your dreams are on their way. See how they shine. Oh, if I'm sailing right behind Like a bridge over troubled water I will ease your mind Like a bridge over troubled water I will ease your mind Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Carl. We've been blessed. Thank you. And thank you all for uh, being here today. We're going to start with a reading 
from Paul's letter to the early church in Corinth, and I'd ask you to help me, if you will, uh, with this. Just repeat back to me. Are you ready? Ready? You ready? Okay. You're going to repeat back. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. Thank you. Perfect. Now, the sentence that we just shared is not complete. We're going to complete it in a few minutes, but I want to look at where we are so far. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. Each includes you. Each includes me. Each is all-inclusive. Each of us and all of creation has a part to play in God's grand design and God's stated desire of abundant life. Each is a large four-letter word that is inclusive. Birds and bugs have a role. So do spiders and zebras and bees and slugs. Each, not some, each, each and everyone and everything has a part to play in God's created order. There is an interconnectedness of life. No human or creature lives in isolation. We are a part of our environment. We are not isolated. We are interconnected. We need oxygen to breathe. We need the moon to control our tides. We need the soil of the earth to nourish the crops that we depend upon for survival. Interconnectedness is God's standard operating procedure. There is interconnectedness in the universe and in our bodies. Interconnectedness. Each body part is critical. Our minds, hands, feet, and heart, none of them stand alone. They are interconnected. So too, in every village, community, or church, we need the unique gifts of each member. Some bake, some greet. Some quilt, some sing. Some read, some dance, some pray, some teach. Every gift is important. Take any one of those gifts away, and the entire community suffers. Could we survive without our bakers? Yeah, maybe. I suppose we could, but, but who wants to, right? Without our bakers, our gatherings would be less than God intended for us. Could we worship without our talented musicians? Of course we could. But we would lack the beauty and inspiration that only music can provide. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. But now let's complete the sentence. Are you ready? Try it. Here, we're going to do it again. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. For the common good. Now we've completed Paul's thought. Now we've completed the sentence. Now we've completed God's desire for us as a community. Gifts, talents, blessings, intellect, creativity, strength, 
vision, the enthusiasm of youth, the wisdom of our elders, artists and builders, the rich and the poor, all for the common good. Undergirding God's vision for the world is an understanding of our connectedness. So let me ask you, do you see your neighbor as a separate entity? Or do you see them as a part of you? Are they a part of you? Or are they maybe apart from you? Do you see that somehow your future is dependent upon the health and well-being of your neighbor? To think of it another way, I might ask you, are Canada and Mexico, are they neighbors beyond our walls? Or is our future somehow dependent upon theirs? Understanding God's vision for the children of every land and race, undergirding it all, is what? Connectedness. The interconnectedness of all people. Our past and our futures are intertwined. They are inseparable. We all came from the same gene pool. We all have the same parents and the same God. And the composition of our bodies, identical. Each. Each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The common good. All gifts were meant to be used for the common good, bringing blessings to all people. This is all by way of introduction. Now we're going to consider that gospel text that Pam read for us. And in this gospel text, I would like to address two dangers. Two dangers which threaten our very existence. Perhaps if we name them, we can address them and we can take their power from them. The dangers I speak of are isolation and discouragement. Can you say that back to me? Isolation and discouragement. Luke chapter 10. Pam just read it. Jesus sent out his followers. How did he send them out? He sent them out two by two. He sent them to the surrounding villages, to poor peasants, to the self-righteous religious people, to folks who were being oppressed by the armies of Rome. And they had a mission. Jesus told them to travel light. And then he said, cure the sick, share the good news. They were to go out like lambs in the midst of wolves, but they would not go alone. They were sent out two by two. A team, you see, is much more powerful than an individual. If one is weak, the other can be strong. If one is discouraged, the other can be a cheerleader. If one needs sleep, the other can keep watch. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Two heads are better than one. Jesus sent them out in teams, two by two. Now, in our corner of the world, we continue to suffer the effects of the pandemic. Many of us here this morning or online have had one variant or the other of COVID. Everyone in my family had COVID, thankfully for us. It was just a few days of unpleasantness. 
As a congregation, we have been very, very fortunate. Many have had some degree of sickness, but no one from our parish has died. As far as I know, only one of our members was hospitalized from COVID health-related issues. In our corner of the world, we were most fortunate. Having said that, we continue to suffer the effects of the pandemic. Now, I'm not talking about the inconvenience of less than reliable ferry schedules or the disrupted supply chains that made you wait months for your refrigerator or oven. Now, I'm talking about a much greater threat. I'm talking about a silent killer. I'm talking about loneliness. And there is a pandemic of loneliness right now, right here on Woodby Island. There's a pandemic of loneliness in our country. Loneliness is a much greater threat than COVID. Now, pandemics are not new to the human family, but this was new to all of us. And it's been life-changing, and it's been difficult. We've wandered through a pandemic wilderness, and often we've felt like we were wandering alone. Loneliness. I'm guessing that most of us here this morning, most of us, if we were honest, had a bout of depression or loneliness during the past 28 months of this pandemic. You see, with very little warning, seemingly overnight, the world changed dramatically, and in some ways, that old normal has never really returned to us. Our social structures have been dismantled. Our fear of the unknown has isolated us. Our fear of this virus has led to an even greater enemy. Loneliness. We've lost our connective tissue. We have isolated to the point that we're now afraid to engage or be in crowds or be in public. We are alone. And that is not God's intention. When we're alone, we're in bad company. Now, I should be very clear. The isolation that we're talking about is not choosing to spend time together or choosing to live alone. People who live alone have full and abundant lives. We don't need someone else to make our lives whole. But you know what we do need? We need community. The isolation that we're talking about is, in fact, a disease, a dis-ease, a silent killer, a disconnection that runs counter to the abundant life that God desires for us. You know, isolation has been used throughout history. It's one of the oldest and cruelest forms of punishment. Put them in the hole. Isolation has been used to break one's spirit, to dash hope for the future, to remove one from the human family. And when we are left entirely alone, we are easy prey for fears and phobias that cannot be dispelled in the isolated conversations of our own minds. We need each other. Our connection 
to other human beings is a critical part of God's created order. Now, we may choose to live alone, but we should not choose to live apart. We should not allow ourselves to be disconnected from the human community. What do we make of the mass shootings in our country? What do we make of it? How can we understand it? How can we understand this senseless violence against random people? Now, there should be debate in our country about gun control, about what type of weapons ordinary citizens like us really should or need to possess. But at its core, this is not about guns. No, it's about loneliness. It's about isolation. It's about despair. It's about mental illness. It's about depression. It's about the disease of disconnection. The perpetrators of, the, of these mass shootings this detached and senseless violence have lost their identity and they've lost touch with the human family. This violence is a symptom of a society that's experiencing a crisis of disconnection. But the Bible tells us we're one body. And if we are one body, then our health, our vitality, and our security are intimately intertwined with our neighbors, neighbors across the street and neighbors across borders. Each. Each has been given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I'm afraid sometimes that the common good has been left behind. That the common good has been left in the wake of self-centered isolation. Jesus sent out his followers. He sent them out to a doubting, dangerous, and hostile world. He sent them out two by two. No one would go alone. And Jesus sends them out, and as he does so, he expects them to succeed, and he sends them out expecting them to fail. It was very clear in our lesson. In fact, he gives them permission to fail. They should expect to fail. They should expect to be rejected, ridiculed, and persecuted. After all, Jesus would be rejected, ridiculed, persecuted, and hung on a cross. He sent them out two by two. He gave them a mission, but he also gave them permission to fail. He gave them a purpose, and he gave them a plan, and he gave them a plan for facing setbacks disappointments and failures. He said, whenever you go into town and they do not welcome you, and that's going to happen, I guarantee you, just go outside of the city to the streets and wipe the dust off your pants and keep right on going. And so here Jesus addresses the second great danger that is facing us at this time. Discouragement. Would you describe yourself as being discouraged right now? Are you discouraged by the state of our nation, our politics, the economy, inflation, the environment, the Supreme Court, nationalism, racism, gun violence, uncivil discourse? If you are discouraged, 
discouraged, lacking courage, if your courage has been replaced by despair, if finding hope is hard to come by, then you need a come-to-Jesus moment. A come-to-Jesus meeting that you will not get on Fox or MSNBC. The disciples were sent out two by two. The odds were against them, but folks, the odds are not against us. The disciples were sent out two by two. Most of them would die as martyrs. We're gonna, we live in safety, and we live in freedom. But we have lost our connections. Our social and societal, societal fabric has unraveled. The common good has been forgotten. Everything is somehow now all about me. It's all about my rights and my gun and my body and my property and my feelings and my money and my country. Now, individual rights are important, but they are secondary. Individual rights are important, but they are secondary to the common good of the community. Interconnectedness acknowledges that the world revolves, but it does not revolve around you. Each. Each is given. Each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. If our planet or neighbors are threatened, then we too are threatened. We are, after all, one body, each a unique and critical part of God's created order. So I'll go back, and I'll ask you again, are you discouraged? Are you afraid? Are you lonely? Are you concerned about the direction that our country is going in? Then check out. Check out of social media. Turn off the news. Don't go down the doomsday road. Rather, put yourself in the path of the gospel. Shake the dust of despair off of you. Don't let a failure define you, and don't let failure discourage you or distract you. Surround yourselves, as you have this morning, with people of faith and refuse to listen or participate in adolescent discourse that dominates the airwaves in U.S. politics. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Claim your place as one who has been called by God. Whatever your time is left on this earth, use it for the common good. We are called. Called to make a difference. Called to use the gifts that God has entrusted to us for the common good of all people. I want to show you a picture. This week... Our Trinity Lutheran Church team has been working on a tiny house in Langley. And in this photo, you see just a part of our team, those who happen to be there at the time. But, but let me tell you what you see and what is happening here. Right there you see seven men, seven men who are encouraging each other, seven men who are sharing their day and their stories with each other, Seven men who are laboring, socializing, and eating together. Seven men who have been inspired to serve, believing that they can make a difference in the world. What have they done? They've put themselves in the path of the gospel. They are not isolated. They are not discouraged. And for this day, anyway, they are not depressed from a steady diet of bad news. 
Yes, Jesus sent them out two by two. Jesus gave them permission to fail. He told them to wipe the dust of failure from their clothes and from their psyche and to use the gifts that God had entrusted to each of them for the common good of all. The pandemic has been long. It's been a hard struggle. But now it's time. It's time to take off the grave clothes. I want to encourage you to take off your grave clothes, to believe that God will empower us to love, to serve, to build tiny houses for neighbors that we do not know. May we garner the faith and the courage to get back in the game, to get back in the game. It's later than you think, folks. Our runway's getting shorter every day. There's no time to waste. Our happiness and security is dependent upon the happiness and security of our neighbors. What are we? We are connected. We are interconnected. This is the truth, and this is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand, and we'll try to sing and answer the question then, given all of that, how then shall I live?
lift our hearts now to God in prayer. Pamela and Carl are going to lead us in the prayers. We have a sung uh, response uh, to our prayers. We'll sing through that once and then hear my cry, O God. Then there'll be four sung petitions. We'll keep returning back to that refrain and then a final petition. Let us pray.
The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a pandemic sharing of peace with others. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. See, that's just what I'm talking about right here. This doesn't happen too many places in our society today. It's a hugging and handshaking and greeting. So, thank you. After the service, come on over in the coffee hour. Coffee, cookies, courtyard's open. There's a table out there as well, a high top. If you want to be out in the courtyard, it's beautiful out there today. Um, and Laura Camby uh, also has uh, lots of crazy pictures up in there. You can put captions down, and she's going to be giving away uh, coffee cards for the best captions. So go in and look at those uh, crazy pictures. I apologize for them. But, uh, and you can make up uh, captions to go with those. Um, birthdays today, Heidi Schroeder and, and Pastor Ronald Melver. So I think they're watching online. But uh, to them, the Melvers are just about to move. Uh, but have uh, been with us for a lot of years, a lot of Melver history here at Trinity Lutheran Church. But wish you the best, Ron. Happy birthday to you. Altar flowers for Mark and uh, Mike and Barbara Benway, their 52nd wedding anniversary, so we give thanks for that. Tiny houses, uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, Barb's reading, Barb's reading at the next service, so they'll be here at the next service. Tiny houses in Christ, there may be folks in the gym uh, telling you more about that, uh, but uh, let's, uh, I think we had a, a little, there, that was this week, we cut the check for $30,000 from Trinity Lutheran Ch Church. And uh, got it over. There's our team again. Uh, put in, And when Felicia and I drove by there last night, and one more wall is up now. One of the walls uh, is up. And so they're making great progress. Thanks to everyone who has contributed. Thanks to everyone who's prayed for them. Thanks for everyone who's pounding nails and taking part. It's really exciting. It's right across from the old high school, middle school in Langley. So dr drive by there sometime to the work site, and you'll see what's going on. It's really uh, uh, fantastic. Um, proof this week undeniable proof that there is a God. Sandy Nelson had a hole in one. 
First one, Sandy? First one. Been playing golf since FDR was in office, but uh, she... Uh, <laughs> love you, Sandy. Yeah, okay. And two weeks. I know you're dying to get these shirts. Micah 6-8 on the back. Uh, Trinity logo on the front. Two weeks. We'll have them for sale in two weeks. Dick and Amy, you got some things for us? Good morning. And a happy anniversary as well to Pastor Jim and Felicia. We all get to celebrate this week. <laughs> um, upcoming, we do have the next two weeks available if you would like to supply altar flowers. Um, so talk to Robin or call us in the office if you'd like to um, either bring flowers from your home garden or work with one of our local uh, florist shops to provide flowers for the altar. And then we're looking forward to Vacation Bible School just a week from tomorrow, July 18th. We'll be here for a fantastic week. Uh, still space if you have kiddos, grandkids, or neighbors who would like to um, be here for VBS. It really is a fantastic week. And also let me know if you would like to come hang out with us and maybe help that week. And then we're looking forward to taking our um, one more note with VBS. Thank you to the Ruby Education Fund. Our Ruby Endowment Fund sponsors VBS and really helps us make it a really fantastic week for the kids. And then we're looking forward to our trip to Montana in August. We have 11 high school kids signed up to go to that. So we are excited. Good things happening at TLC. Thank you. All right. Thank you, uh, Deacon Amy, for that as well. Um, let's see. I, that might be it. Anything else for the good of the order? Okay. You know, Carl. I have one thing. If Please. those of you who have been around for a while, Win Ewing, our former organist, um, they are clearing out the house as Wynn's wife Lois moves out, and they have a keyboard they love to give away. So come talk to me if that's something that works for you. All right. Very good. Thank you, Carl. If it's comfortable, I invite you to stand. <laughs> We now lift our hearts to God in prayer as we pray as Jesus taught us, uh, singing and praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Get ready to depart this safe place, this sanctuary, to go out those doors into the world that needs you. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And our sending hymn is a prayer as well. Bind us together.
is a candle that lights up the night love is a star that we follow to daylight love is a lighthouse that leads us safely home the surest light we'll ever Let the 
let love go forward from this time and place. Thanks for singing. Shine its healing light in a gentle embrace. Let love go forward from this place.